I hear a lot about um, end-time prophecy, a lot about speculation, but I like to take the Word of God for just the way what it says. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 that we're to walk in the simplicity of the truth. Read the Word, let the Word interpret itself, let Scripture interpret Scripture, and walk in it. A lot of people try to make a lot of different metaphors and a lot of spiritual, spiritualize a lot of things. I like to take what the Bible says literally and look at it and let the Bible interpret the word interpret itself. So we know that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, he talked about, some people call that the rapture, right? Which is the catching away because he says those which are alive and remain, you know, shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air and so shall they ever be with the Lord. And the, the catching up is basically another word for rapture, okay? That's the same word, being caught up. So they refer to it as rapture, and that's okay. Now, in, first, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul wants to clarify what he was saying on a, as a, on a timeline of when this is going to take place. And he says here, verse 1 of chapter 2, he says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the, about or by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him. So he says, I want to talk to you about the coming of the Lord, and I want to talk to you about when you're going to be gathered together, when you're going to meet the Lord in the air, in other words, when you're going to gather with him. And he says, he says I don't want you to be soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter, as from us, as that day of the Christ is at hand. I, don't want, to, to, I want you to understand when it is. I want you to understand you know, when that season is, there, the Bible says, Jesus says, no man knows the hour. He says, not even the Son of Man knew. He says, but the Father only knows that hour. So we're not going to get down to a day or hour, but he's going to tell you, I'm going to give you some, I'm going to give you somewhat of a timeline of some things that are going to happen before it happens so you know, know what's coming. So he says, let no man deceive you, verse 3, by any means, for that day shall not come. Here's the first thing. It won't come except there come a falling away first. Okay, what's the first thing that happens before the Lord comes? There's going to be a falling away. There has been a falling away for quite a while. Men have fallen away. They're, they're, they're now, sadly to say, most of the churches are now preaching in a, a substitution for you, which was Christ. He was your substitution he, he did righteousness, therefore you don't have to do right. You just claim his righteousness. And we, we've been over that many, many times that you really don't have, you, 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 born in, you, you get saved in sin and you'll go to heaven in sin. That's a false doctrine because the Bible says by the fruits you know them. We talked about that. So that is the falling away of the church. A lot of the churches fall away. Most of it that I see is falling into that. So they have fallen away. So it's here. He said they won't come. Don't be deceived. Don't let anybody fool you. A day, of the, the, there's going to be a falling away first. Once you see that, then what's the next thing to happen? And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. We'll talk about him a little bit. There's going to be a man of sin, a son, a son of ruin, ruin that's going to rise up, and he's going to, verse, verse 4 says, who opposes and he exalts himself above all that is even called God. In other words, this is going to be a very prideful man. That's going to rise up as a leader, and he's going to be, uh, he's going to be a, he's going to exalt himself above even what is called God. As that is, that is worship, so that he as God sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. 
A lot of people want to refer to this and say, well, you're the temple of God, which we are, right? We're the temple of God. You are the temple, right? But there's still, still, there's still t literal temples. Jesus went into temples to preach. You know, there's, there's temples in Israel where they go and worship. Uh, the Bible even says in Revelation 19 that the Lord is that temple, or there's a temple in heaven, you know, which is a tabernacle, a building of some sort of, of where spiritual things take place. So this guy, the Bible said, when he comes up, he's going to exalt himself, and he's going to sit up in the temple of God, and he's going to proclaim like he is God, like he's the powerful one, like he's the one causing everything. What does God do? He says that he's making things happen. So this guy's going to say, I'm the one that's making everything happen. Very prideful. It's all about me. I'm doing it all. You know, you need to look to me. You know, it's, it's not anybody else, not God. It's me. And he says, because he, he opposes, exalts himself. Let's talk about this guy for a while, for a little while, okay? This guy, let's go to Revelation chapter 13. I'm going to just take, go through a small discourse of this. this and I could go on and we preached about Revelation for many, many months, but I want to just bring out some highlights here. To bring you up to date, I'll tell you what, to bring you up to date, let's just take this first. Uh, go to, this is an important scripture along with this um, verse, chapter 4 of Revelation. Go there if you would first. I'm sorry. We're gonna get. We're gonna go through that. You know, we're gonna. We can. We can go through that. We'll see. Can I say something real quick? Sure. Going back to the falling away, there is a movement right now called the supersessionism, which talks about taking the old, uh, replacing the old authority with the new, or proceeding uh, from that which was. And so that uh, there's a movement going on now called that, where some of the churches are breaking away from. The Mm -hmm. Well, there's, there's a lot. I mean, it doesn't take a take it rocket science to see. If you go back and you look at the early church and you look at the church of today, the, the church is not um, getting people to conform to them. They're conforming to the world. And, and they brought in the doctrines of the church or basically, uh, you know, we talk about that a lot in, in that they say your sins are forgiven for your past, future, and, and present sins are forgiven. They... They say that you can, you can murder, you can steal, you can kill, and you can still go to heaven without repentance just so you came forward to an altar. These, you know, we read enough scripture and we're in the word enough to know that, that unless your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the Christ, Christ, everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity, that without holiness no man shall see the Lord. He's the author of eternal salvation to all obey him. Uh, all the scriptures that talk about obedience and obedience is overlooked today and, and so we have a, a, a basically a false church because the church has fallen away. Ben? So in the last 20 years when you were in going to churches say victory or whatever these churches, the doctrine was wrong then and the doctrine is wrong now. So what is the difference between back then and today? It's, 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 uh, it's escalated in, in um in immorality. Um, oh, was the immorality hidden back then? It was still going on. Well, well e e back then, even when we were at Victory, uh, there was a, a, a degree that you understood that you had to walk in obedience and holiness. That seemingly has gone out the window a lot. 
you know, obedience and, and sin is hardly preached in churches anymore, you know, like, like back then. And so we, we've seen the diminishing of that and the, and the lukewarmness that has come into what was called the church is basically um, now you talk about a movement. There's a movement now that all of the churches are going along to get along. In other words, the Catholics, the Protestants, the um, Buddhists, all of them, they now have a big ecumenical movement where they actually get together and say, let's talk about things that we agree on to be one church and have one movement. So we believe that Jesus was the son of God, that he came and he died, and, or, or we believe that there's one God, um, you know, and, and, and so forth. Things that they want to talk about and things that they try to agree with so they can make that one ecumenical church. So they so he's putting off the true doctrines of Christ just to try to get, get together and build the their, their church. And it's just, it's just such a mess, as we know. But Re Revelation chapter 4, let's go there. It says, uh, Paul, uh, uh, John is, first of all, let's, let's back up and let's talk about what Revelation is. Revelation is the revelation that John received. John was one of the, one of the apostles who wrote the book of John and the book of 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. So we get a lot out of the book of John, very, very good books to write, right? But these guys went through such hard tribulation at the end of their lives because they believed the gospel. They were all killed martyrs' death. Uh, John was the only one that lived through it, but they understand, from understanding from Fox's Book of Martyrs and other, he was thrown into boiling oil, and it didn't kill him, so they took him and put him on this little island called the Isle of Patmos, the Isle of Patmos is where John wrote the book of Revelation. Peter, the Bible says, they were, they were going to kill him and hang him on the cross. And he said he wasn't worthy to be hung upright, so they hung him upside down on the cross and killed him. Paul, they took him and they cut his head off. So these guys weren't just, just playing around. And today, most people probably wouldn't even do that who profess to be Christians. They, they wouldn't go through such horrible torment. But we're reading in Hebrews chapter 11 what, what, our, what saints that really went through because they held to obedience and walking in the truth, they got their heads cut off. They got hung upside down. They got thrown in bowl and oil. So John survived it, and he's at the Isle, of, in the Isle of Patmos, and he's writing this book as he sees revelation from God telling him what future events were going to take place. So he's writing about future events. And here he says in Revelation chapter 4, he says, after this, I looked and behold, a door was open in heaven and a voice, for, voice which, which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me and which said, come up here, I will show you things what, which must be hereafter. This is an important verse a lot of people overlook when they read the book of Revelation because they want to try to make these forwarding chapters into things that have happened in the past. You can't make them happen in the past because what is John saying? I'm writing to you things that are going to happen hereafter. They're going to happen in the future. You understand that? He's saying this is not, this is, I'm not talking to you about things that have happened. I'm talking to you about things that are going to happen in the future. Okay? Now let's go back to Revelation. I want to, I want to clear up chapter 12 first. There's three important figures in the book of Revelation that you want to take notice of. The first one is the great red dragon, the Bible calls him. He said he was cast out of heaven, and he drew with his tail, he drew, drew one-third of the stars of heaven. Um, we know that Satan gets thrown out of heaven. Uh, that's the first figure we want to talk about is Satan. 
Revelation chapter 12, it says here, if you will, it says that uh, verse 7, it says there was war in heaven. Michael, which is the, which the archangel, fought against the dragon, that, that, that red dragon, which had seven heads and ten horns. And I'll explain the seven heads and ten horns later. And the dragon fought against Michael and his angels. And the dragon, did, he prevailed not, verse 8. Neither was there found any more place in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. Now, who is the dragon? It tells you right here. That old dragon called the serpent, the old serpent. Who was the first one to deceive Eve in the garden? The serpent, right? He's called the serpent. He's called the devil and Satan. So the first figure we see in here is a dragon, a red dragon, which is who? Satan. Right, the devil. All right, okay, Satan. And this Satan, what does he do? He deceives the whole world, right? What, how did, and, he's, and he's done a pretty good job, you have to admit. Most of the world is deceived by the devil. That's why Paul wrote, I mean Peter wrote, and he said in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, he said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, that's that same devil that's right here, that great red dragon, walks about. So here's the devil that we're looking at. He deceives the whole world. So we, we're to be sober and to watch and we're to stop. And the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. But he says he deceived the whole world. He was cast out of the earth. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. So here we see that the devil's going to be cast out of, out of heaven. Because remember, remember, where was he when he was accusing Job, right? He, he came before God in heaven. And heaven means above. Okay, that's where he was. He would accuse you, and he's accusing you, and he accused Job. But it's coming a day that Michael the archangel is going to fight him and going to overcome him, and he's going to be cast to the earth. Now, how bad do you think it gets when the devil gets cast to the earth? You think it's bad when he's there? Wait till he's here. Watch what he says. And then it says in verse 10, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is coming salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God, night and day. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. How do you overcome the devil? By the blood of the lamb, by the word of your testimony, and you love not your life unto death. You don't love your life. You've given your life to the Lord. You've lost your life in Christ. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them, but woe unto the inhabitants, the people that live on earth and that are in the sea. For the devil has come down to us, to you, having great wrath, great anger, because he knows he's only got a short time left. Now, when we read the book of Revelation, you're going to find some, a, a timeline in the book of Revelation over and over again. It only talks about a certain time period. It's referred to as this. It's referred to 42 months. Who can tell me how many years it's 42 months? Three and a half, Three and a half. Three and a half years. It's also referred to as 1,260 days. How long is 1,260 days? Three and a half years. And then it also refers to as time, times, and dividing of times. Time one, times is two, which is three, and the dividing of times is a half, three and a half years. And it also says three and a half years. So the timeline you'll find all the way from Revelation chapter 4 to Revelation chapter 22 is a three and a half year period that the devil, after he's cast to earth, 
will have a time with three particular individuals. First one is the devil. The second one we're going to read about comes is Revelation chapter 13, verse 1. John is standing on, on, the sea, on the sea, on the seashore, and he sees this other beast rise up out of the sea. And this beast has seven heads and ten horns. This is called the beast. The first one's the devil. The second one's the beast. And then when we're going to get to Revelation chapter, chapter 13 and, uh, and, and verse uh, 11, it says there's another one that rises up. Another, uh, another beast. But this beast is called the false prophet. Okay? So you got three. You got the devil, you got the beast, and you got the false prophet. And what the false prophet does, he does all kind of miracles. So, so much so that he deceives people on the earth. He calls down fire from heaven where people can see that. He's doing all these miracles that he deceives everyone just about. And he's, and he's one that causes the one, everyone to worship the beast that was before him and receive a mark in the right hand or forehead that they won't be able to buy, sell, or trade anything unless they have their mark. Now, I'm going to show you the, the, those three guys again in the scriptures. Um, in Revelation chapter 16, go there. In verse 13. This is while the plagues are coming upon the earth, the wrath of God is being poured out. And it says in verse 13, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon. Who's the dragon? Who's the dragon, someone? Satan. Satan. And out of the mouth of the beast. That was the second one, Revelation 13, 1. And out of the mouth of the false prophet. Those are the three individuals that, that, that are there. If you go with me to Revelation chapter 19. Here it is again. This is when the great gather, they have a great gathering and they come to fight against Jesus who comes back on a white horse. Revelation 19. And um, verse 17. Here's when the beast and the false prophet are taken away. And it says, um, well, first of all, it says Jesus there. He's got on his vesture. He's got king of kings, the lord of lords, to come back on a white horse and all those that, that are coming with him, you know, the saints that died before and they're coming and they, the, uh, all the kings of the earth and all are thinking they're going to fight against the Lord to overcome it. They think they're going to beat the Lord. So they come back to make war and the verse 17 says, and I, I saw an angel standing in the sun and he cried with a loud voice saying to all the fowls, all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the, of, of the great God. That you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, flesh of horses, of them that sit on them, flesh of men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast. Which one was the beast, guys? The one that came out of the sea, right? It was the dragon and it was the beast. And the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse. Who was sitting on the horse? Jesus. And against his army, the saints. And the beast was taken. And with him, the false prophet. They're both taken that wrought miracles before him that with, with which he deceived them that had the mark of the beast and then that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, lake of fire burning with brimstone. So we see here at the end, we can read the end of the book and we can see that we win, right? Whipped him in two verses. Whipped him in two verses. I mean, there wasn't even a fight. You know, he just took boop, boop. 
and threw them into the lake of fire. Now, once you're in the lake of fire, can you ever come out? No. Never. But watch this. And it says, and the rest of them were slain with swords, verse 21, with the sword of him that sat upon the horse. That's Jesus. Remember, he said with the, with the sword of his mouth, he comes out. With sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. They ate them up. And, but then he says in verse 1 of chapter 20, and I saw an angel come down from heaven. Now, this angel had the, had the keys of the bottomless pit, and he had this great big chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon. Who's the dragon? Satan, the devil. He laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan says it again, and he bound him for a thousand years. Now, where did he take the dragon? Let me ask you that. Did he take him to the lake of fire? No, he took him where? To the bottomless pit, right? So the bottomless pit is not the lake of fire. It's two different places. Okay, remember, if you ever read Revelation 11, when it says that, when there was the two witnesses and, and it says that Satan came up from the bottomless pit and made war with the two witnesses, overcame and killed him. The, the bottomless pit you can come back out of, but the lake of fire you never come back out of. So Satan is bound there for a thousand years. He's chained up by the angel and he can't come up for a thousand years. Okay? You ever hear that? What is a thousand years? Anybody know what the thousand years mean? Millennium. The millennial kingdom. So we see that's what happens. I heard somebody the other day tell me the millennial kingdom is already taking place or it's already going, it's going on right now. If the millennial kingdom's going on right now, that means that, that, that the false prophet and beast are in the lake of fire right now. So that means basically, and, and the devil's bound in, 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 in the, in the uh, bottomless pit for a thousand years. It means there's no devil to tempt you. Yeah. Man, if there ever was a devil, I mean, he's prevalent more than he ever was right now. You know, I mean, this world is more wicked than it's ever been. But you get people that want to try to mystically do this, but there's an order in the Bible, and it tells you exactly what that order is. So people, so people born in the middle of the millennial kingdom just kind of have a free, easy path, like a huge advantage on everyone that existed before? That's why it's, it's, it's a millennial kingdom. It's, where it's, it's, it's going to be a place of peace and rest. But listen to me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You've got to read the end of the story. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, what happens then after the millennial kingdom? Okay, first of all, he explains who's going in the millennial kingdom, those that are left upon the earth. And he talks about that who's going to reign with, because, because the saints are going to live and reign with Christ for a thousand years during the millennial kingdom. Because it talks about um, he, him being cast into the bottomless pit. It says, verse, verse 3, and cast the, the Satan into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more. No more deception from the, from the devil. That's great. Till the thousand years, until, you see, the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that he must be loose a little season. Huh? But who cares? The average human lives like 80 or 90. Now they live to be 80 and 90. They may live to be over a thousand years old back when the millennial kingdom comes. Because it doesn't tell you how long they're going to live then, but watch. And it says, and I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, these are people that were in tribulation, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So all these people that come out, they're living and reigning with Christ for a thousand years. They're not living on earth, they're reigning with Christ. It says, but the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. So 
still the dead in Christ haven't raised, been raised yet because it says they're, they're not going to be raised until the thousand years are finished. And he says, this is the first resurrection as those that on, on earth that didn't receive the mark of the beast. But, they, but remember, they're still going to be tempted because you're still in the flesh. It's going to be different. That's right, because you don't have that voice whispering to you, but you still have the cravings and the desires and passions of the flesh. Well, yeah, that's right. So what happens, Christian, is at the, it says in verse, verse uh, 7, well, it says in verse 7, and when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loose out of the prison. What's the prison? The bottomless pit. So the devil's going to go down and unlock him. He gets to be loose. Okay? And he shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog. Now, you can imagine, these pack people never got tempted by the devil before. Now, all of a sudden, they got the devil coming at them. they like, they're not used to fighting temptation by the enemy, right? They're not used to hearing voices telling them anything. So it's like a little kid, you know, like, you, you, before you ever get any of that coming at you, they all of a sudden got this coming at them, and they give in to it, which are the four quarters of Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is like the sand of the sea, there's so many of them. And they went up on the breath of the earth and could pass the camp and, of the saints about, and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and burned them all up. And the devil that deceived them was cast where? Into the lake of fire. Who's he with now? Where the beast and false prophet are. You see that? And shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And then the judgment comes. See, it gives you the art of every, everything. That, this is when the judgment comes. This is when, like it says... What? That is Armageddon. That is Armageddon. So that's after the millennial kingdom. That's, yeah, at the end of the millennial kingdom. So this is something that's not definitely no, no, because it's coming at the, at the end of a thousand years. This is weird because everyone's running around like, oh, things are about to blow up with Israel and Armageddon and stuff. But it's not there's still going to be bad times because of what happens when the false prophet and beast try to make war with, with, with the Lord. There's still going to be some hard times, in it, but there's going to still be people that survive. And then these people are going to have babies and so forth, and then it's going to multiply, and there's going to be a lot of people on the earth again after a thousand years. Then the devil comes back, deceives them. They make war. Uh, they make the great war of Gog and Magog and all, and they come and, and, and God destroys them with his coming. Okay? So uh, and then the Bible says that, the Bible says in uh, John 5, 28, 29, it says that, marvel not, for the hour comes when those that are dead shall hear his voice in their graves, and they shall come forth, the good to the resurrection of life, and those that, those that are evil to the resurrection of damnation. So both are resurrected, the good and the evil. They're resurrected, one going to, the, to, to, to hell, the other one going to heaven, and the judgment comes here, and books are open and so forth. Now, I want to... Yeah, it's come back on that horse, remember, right there. That could happen any time. That's not Armageddon, but it's still when Christ comes yeah. back. Okay, let's, let's go back. I'm going to take you way back you now. Let's go to the book of... Let's go all the way back to Daniel, the book of Daniel, chapter 7. 
Daniel was a, was a prophet that lived many, many thousands of years ago. I know you all know of Daniel. You, you, you looked at the stories of Daniel when you were a kid, and the little movies, and everybody knows about Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego going through the fiery furnace, Daniel in the lion's den. You've heard all the stories of Daniel. Daniel was, a, was, a, was a, raised up as a kid that came out of Jerusalem, which was a, was, was a goodly child and, and really a godly, really, really godly man of God. And, and he, uh, the Lord blessed him with a lot of visions and understandings and interpretation of dreams and so forth. Well, Daniel, in, in chapter 7, I'm trying to hurriedly go through this, uh, but in Daniel chapter 7, he sees a vision. And I'm going to kind of skip the first part of the vision. And uh, I want to go down to uh, verse 15. I'm going to just go to the interpretation of it because I don't want to take enough time to go through it all. Because it gets very long. Verse 15 says, I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the middle of my body, and the visions of my head really troubled me. I came near unto the one of, one of them that stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made me know the interpretation of the things that he had spoken, that, was, that he saw. He saw four great beasts. He says, these great beasts, which are four, are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever and ever. Talking about the end. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was, which was different from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron and his nails of brass, which devoured, breaking pieces, stamped the residue with his feet. And of the ten horns that were in his head. I want you to keep in mind here, I want you to remember ten horns. Okay, you remember the beast that we talked about that came up out of the sea in Revelation 13? The Bible said he had, set, he had seven, seven heads and ten horns. Here again, he's seeing something that has these heads and ten horns. And of the other which came up and before whom were three, three fell, even of the horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake great things, whose, whose look was more stout than his fellows. He says, I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them. Hold your place here, and if you would, turn with me to Revelation chapter 13. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 13, we see a beast that comes up, verse 1. Uh, it says, and I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. We see those ten horns again, and we'll see the seven, seven heads many times. And upon his horns, ten crowns, and upon his head, the name of blasphemy. I want you to see what this is, if you would. Now hold your place there and go to Revelation chapter 17. <clears throat> Revelation 17 talks about a whore. It's a city that... Uh, that that basically promotes whoredom, uh, promotes evil things, and there's this woman in, that, that is a harlot, but she has on her head Mystery Babylon, and the Bible says she sits on many waters, which the Bible also interprets as being peoples, nations, multitudes, and tongues, which means she could, she's, has an influence on all the world. And, and it says here that this woman, in verse 3, it says, So he carried me away in the spirit of the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy. Look at this. Having seven heads and ten horns. Remember, here it is again. Seven heads 
and ten horns. And a woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, decked with gold, precious stones and pearls, and golden hand cup was in her hand full of abominations and fornications. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Now, if we want to see who this woman is, if you go over to verse 18, it says, And the woman which you saw is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. So it's a great city that reigns over the kings of the earth. Now, I want to show you the seven heads and ten horns. It says here, if you go down to verse 9, it says, And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. Now, it's been said that Rome is, is the city of seven hills, could be there. It's also considered that, that um, uh, what is it, Turkey has seven hills also as a city of seven mountains. So could that be it? Well, let's go further. And, the, and there are seven kings. So she's, this woman is sitting on this scarlet color, color beast with seven heads and ten horns. And it says that there's seven kings. Five are fallen. One is. The other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. I'd like to go over these things with you. But that's the same thing Daniel was seeing when he saw these kingdoms that came one after the other. He saw the Assyrian the Assyrian uh, part of the part of uh, what what took place. What the, one, Assyria was one of the first ones that it was over the earth. Then then it was Babylon. Babylon after Babylon came what? Um, Media Persia or was it Greece? Huh? Okay, Babylon was Greece. Then Media Persia. Then the, the fifth empire was Rome. Okay, that was the fifth empire that took over the earth. They were they were. They, they were a powerhouse all over the earth. They, they had captivity everything. But it started out with Assyria, then Babylon, then Greece, then Media Persia, then, then Rome. Rome was that final empire, and Rome was the, of course, the religious system that we had taken over, and everything was governed by it. So it goes on. So it's telling you that the seven heads are basically seven kings or seven mountains, right? So we know that. And, their name, and it says their names are full of blasphemy. Like they were evil, it was evil nations that had taken over the earth. And it says, it says in the verse 11, and the beast that was is not, and he is the eighth that comes up, and is of the seven, and goes into petition. Okay, that's the seven heads. Now what are the ten horns? Verse 12. And the ten horns which you saw are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. So there'll be some kind of formation of a ten united kingdom that the beast will have work with him for a short period. It says that this, these ten kings will turn on the whore, on that city to whore at the end and burn her up with fire also. Okay. Uh, so we see this, this in Revelation 13, this dragon, this beast, uh, and false prophet. And let's go back to the verse 20 of, of chapter 7 of Daniel again. So we saw the ten horns, verse 24, out of this kingdom are ten kings. You see it says it there again, verse 24, chapter 7, Daniel. And the ten horns out of, this out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise. And another shall rise after them, and he shall be different or diverse from the first, and he shall subdue all three kings. He shall speak great words against the Most High, shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times, laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time 
times and dividing with time. How long a period of time is that? You remember? Three and a half years. So this guy, he, what is he doing? He's, he's speaking great words against God, against the Most High, and he's wearing out the saints. Look at Revelation 13. Let me show you something. So you gotta let us get there. I'm sorry. I, do, I will go fast. I know. Everybody, everybody okay? Revelation 13. Look at this, Ben. Verse 7 of Revelation 13. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints. He makes war with the saints. And to overcome them, and power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that live upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of earth. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. He that leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. It's going to be such a trying time that if you try to fight like they do, you'll be killed the same way they do. You're going to, you need to have faith and patience during that time that you're going through, he says. All right, back, back to Revelation 7 again. This guy says he shall speak great words against the Most High and so forth. Time, time, we read that, verse 25. Uh, let's go to Revelation, I mean, Daniel chapter 8 now. Daniel chapter 8, he sees it, sees it again, and he sees these things happen again. And I want to give you the interpretation of that. Revelation, uh, Daniel 8. Um, blah, blah, blah. Uh, verse 15, because I'm not going to go through what he saw. I'm just going to go through the interpretation of what he saw. It doesn't take too long. Verse 15, and it came to pass, I, even I, Daniel, had seen the vision and sought for the meaning. Then, behold, there stood before me as the appearance of a man. And I heard, heard a man's voice between the banks of Uli, which is called Gabriel, made, made like... Uh, made this man to, to understand the vision. He said, make this man to understand the vision. Talk, talking about Daniel. So he came near, verse 17, where I stood. And when he came, I, I was afraid. And I fell on my face. But he said to me, understand, O son of man, for at the time of the end shall be the vision. When is the vision that he's seen? When's it going to come to pass? At the time of the end, right? Now, as he was speaking with me, I was in a deep sleep on my face toward the ground, but he touched me, and he set me upright. And he said, Behold, I will make you know what shall be in the last end of the indignation, for the, at the time appointed, the end shall be. So I'm saying, I'm going to let you know what's happening at the very end. The ram which you saw, having two horns, are the kings of Media Persia. Remember, we talked about Assyria, Babylon, and he's talking about Media Persia. And the rough he goat is Greece. Greece came after Media Persia. Greece conquered Media, Media Persia. That's just, you can go to history, you can Google that, go to history, and you can see that. The great horn that is between them, his eyes, is the first king. Now, that being broken where his force stood up, and that's what happened, it was divided, the kingdom was divided between the north, south, east, and west, when Ale because Alexander the Great was the rough he goat. He was the one that, was, that conquered, and went from, remember that from the history lessons, that Alexander the Great was the one over, over, over uh, Greece, and he conquered Media Persia. And verse 23 says, And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors become the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. In other words, evil. He's going to understand how to break evil come on the earth, and that's what what's happening now? here. Huh? What do we have now? Did you skip one? No, Daniel 8.23. Okay. Okay. And his power shall be mighty, verse 24, but not by his own power. 
you remember the Bible says in, look, look at verse, I want you to go to Revelation 13. Keep your hand in Revelation 13. Go to Revelation 13. Revelation 13? Yes, sir. You need two phones, Bob. <laughs> Revelation 13, 11. Listen to this. Okay, here's the false prophet he's getting ready to talk about. And I beheld another beast come up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spake as a dragon. That's just what Daniel just was saying, that this beast had two horns. Spoke like a dragon. Spoke like the devil. And he exercised all the power of the first beast. Who was the first beast? Remember the one that came up out of the sea who had seven heads and ten horns? Before him, and caused all the earth to him that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great miracles, wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men. And he deceived them that dwell on earth by the means of those miracles which he had done, which he had power to do in the sight of the, of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by the sword and did, did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, the statue or whatever it might be, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So he is a representative of the first beast, and the first beast got his power from the devil. So all of this is coming from the devil. Go back to Revelation chapter 8 now, Bob. I mean, Daniel chapter 8, I'm sorry. And we'll finish up in Daniel chapter 8. <laughs> Make you start carrying your Bible again. <laughs> okay. All right, and it says, uh, verse 24 of chapter 8 of Daniel, it says, And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. By whose power? By the power of the devil. And he shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper and practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. Remember, he says he wears out the saints and he, and he kills the saints in Revelation 13 and 8. And, and through his policy, also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand and he shall, shall magnify. So he's going to cause prosperity in the land. He's going to cause people to, they're, 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 they're going to be prosperous is what he's going to do. Sound like anybody right now? No, anybody follow me yet? The devil's going to I mean, allow allow an individual to have power on the earth. He's going to magnify himself. He's going to say, "I'm the one that's doing it," and he's going to be able to do all these things. And he's going to make the economy get really, really good. All these things, and by peace, by peace, he shall destroy many. Look like he's just trying to make peace. So we'll just do bigger sanctions and whatever and do, do all this. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes. Do you remember in Revelation 19? Who are they fighting? Who's the prince of prince, prince of peace? Who's the prince of peace, Connie? Jesus, right? He's the prince of peace. So they're fighting Jesus. But he shall be broken without hand. Because you know, we, we saw that. Okay, we saw that in Revelation 19. Remember we read that where the beast and the false prophet are taken and put thrown into into the bottomless pit because they tried to make war against the Lord and the Lord just took them and put them in a pit. And the vision of the evening and the morning which was told is true. That wherefore, shut thou up the vision for it shall be for many days. And I, Daniel, fainted and was sick certain days afterward. I rose up and did the king's business and I was astonished at the vision. But none understood it. <laughs> so we're living in the last days so we can understand what Daniel was seeing. Now I want you to turn with me if you would Back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 
2 Thessalonians, we, we were reading there in chapter 2 about the coming of the Lord and our gathering together unto him, that we would not be moved or soon shaken about his coming, that there would first come a falling away first and then the man of sin would be revealed, the son of perdition. I want to talk about him a little bit because that's who we were just talking about. And Daniel spoke of it in Daniel 7, in Daniel chapter 8, and Revelation 13 that we spoke of and all through the book of Revelation. Now it says here, um, this, is, this is part of what he, he's going to do. It says, uh, verse 7, it says, For the mystery of iniquity or sin doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way, the devil. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of the coming. Remember, it said in Revelation 19, you remember reading that he, that he killed them with the sword that came out of his mouth? He destroyed them. Now, even him who's coming is after the working of Satan, right? He got his power from Satan. With all power, signs, and lying wonders. He's going to do miracles. So he's going to deceive people and to think he's going to bring peace. He's going to bring prosperity. Miracles are going to happen. If the Holy Spirit is taken away, nobody can experience salvation. We do see in Revelation that people are experiencing salvation. The restrainer is basically when Michael the archangel fought with the devil and threw him out of heaven is what I believe what the restrainer is, that that's what's holding it back until Satan gets thrown out. And then Satan is thrown out, and then, he's re then the Satan is revealed, and then that's when God destroys him with the brightness of his coming in Revelation chapter 19. Now look. Can, can Stan? Yeah. What, is, what is the restrainer then? Is he saying the archangel Michael is the restrainer? Right. Yes. Okay. So his, his coming is even after the working of Satan, right? With all power, signs, and lying wonders. With all deceivableness of unrighteousness, of sin, in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion. If a person doesn't yield to repentance and turning from their sin, coming to the Lord and walking in obedience to him, what happens? God sends them strong delusion. You remember in Romans chapter 1 when it talks about men lusting with men and women lusting with women, working all kind of immorality, which was against nature, and all the, all the sexual immorality. And remember it said that God gave them over to a reprobate mind, you know, where they didn't even think right anymore. So here we see it again because they didn't love the truth but wanted their own way, God sends them strong delusion that they believe a lie. So they believe in the lie of the enemy that because he's sending all these miracles, he's causing prosperity in the land, he's bringing peace. Remember in uh, First Thess Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, he said that when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction shall come upon them as travail upon a woman with child, that that day shouldn't overtake you as a thief in the night. So here it says that that this beast, uh, this, this false prophet here that comes up is going to deceive people to such an extent. The Bible says in Revelation, in, in Matthew chapter 24, that there would be such deception, so many deceivers, that if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived if God hadn't cut those days short. 
because the deception is so strong. And it is today, in the day that we live in. The deception is so strong. That's why we have to rely upon the, the, the principles of the, the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because we see that a false gospel is being preached. And that false gospel is that the sinner's prayer that man has come up with. It's not in the Bible. Come forward, accept the Lord, ask him to forgive you, and you're saved without repentance. Saved in your sin and going to heaven in your sin. That can't be. Because no, we read in Revelation 21, 27 that no sin is going to enter the kingdom of God. Don't deceive yourself, he says. None will enter. So anyway, it says that for this reason God shall send them strong delusion, verse 11, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. There's, there's so much more about this beast and false prophet. But these are the things I want you to understand before we close. What's the point of this? The point of this is, is, is to know the truth. I want my kids, I want my family, I want my friends, my brethren, I want them to be ready for what's coming. What's coming upon this earth, when you read the book of Revelation, it's going to be so disastrous, it's going to be so deceptive, that if you're not really walking in truth, you, if you think, well, I'll just wait later and I'll repent later, it won't happen. Now, the Bible says, now is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time to, get, to, to make sure you get your life right. And that's through repentance of turning from your sin. Because it's going to be such a horrific time and such a deceptive time. And the Bible says that this false prophet, he's going to make an image to that other beast whose deadly wound was healed. He says that he, that he had a deadly wound that, that uh, he, was, he was killed with, a, with a, a sword, but yet he lived, and they see the miracle of him, and he makes an image of him so that all must worship this image. And whoever doesn't worship the image or take the mark of the beast on their right hand or forehead, they won't be able to buy, sell, or trade anything unless they have that mark. And uh, once they have that mark, though, they're, they're doomed. You, you have your portal like a fire. Revelation chapter 14 says that. So that we see these things come to pass. He said, here's the faith and the patience of, the, of, the, of, the, of, of God's children. He says, You're gonna, you go through this. You walk in his light. You don't turn back. You know this is coming. You know this is what's planned on the earth. Live for the Lord with all your heart. You think that's going to be in our lifetime? They already have the oh, yeah. They already have... The chips are put in people's hands for paychecks and stuff. Yeah, but we have that technology for Yeah, but they're, but they're doing it now. They're actually pushing. They're actually pushing. Well, all I can do is go by scripture. And, and when I look at the scripture, and, I, and keep in mind what the scripture says, the first thing that happens is a great falling away, right? The second thing that happens is a man of sin is revealed. Has a man of sin been revealed? No. I don't know. Well, a lot of people are deceived by him, remember, also. We're not a lot of people. Like, you know this better than I mean, you would know. Let's put it in a more modern vernacular. If you look at the, if you look at the government, the way it's going, the world is going toward 